welcome to Fat Pod Overreaction Sunday. Right after the game. The night game hasn't even started yet. We're about 30 minutes out from it. I'm joined by professional sports broadcaster, PFF employee, Nick Hepper. That's me. And he's still streaming Hades right now, Corey Clements. No, I'm not. Oh, what are you streaming? But I just finished it. Oh, okay. <laughs> you were like, we're starting right now. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I just, you know. Yeah. So we had... The 1 o'clock window was fairly fucking explosive. It definitely made up for the 4 o'clock window. Good God. <laughs> so hit me, hit me with your initial thoughts, boys. What do you got? So, Justin Herbert looked like a fantastic quarterback for the first 57 minutes of the game and then turned the ball over in the final three minutes of the game. So it's like they never really even moved on from Phillip Rivers at all. True. He's just, he's just he's just a younger, more <laughs> athletic version of him. Right. It's just, and speaking of Philip Rivers, did you guys see Philip Rivers' run of negative two yards? Yes, I did. Yeah, so we now know for sure why he doesn't run the ball. Uh, I think he... It's like he made a deal with the devil when he was a kid and just with an awkward throwing motion, he was like, yeah, I'll sell my soul to the devil. And the devil's like, all right, uh, but you will, you will become a great passer, but you shall never be able to leave the pocket and you shall never be able to swear again. And Philip's like, gosh, darn it. Okay. <laughs> oh man. That's and good. On the just- sideline talking about aggravating the stew out of him, which is grosser than saying aggravating the shit out of me, because shit, like, you could just see shit, but stew, you see, like, a, a gross, a really gross shit, like, runny, like, you know, like, just gross. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing you gross. The NFC East is a combined two twelve and one. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to talk about. <laughs> My God, the NFC East is just trash. It's trash. It's bad. I, I can't. We still have to see what the Eagles do tonight against the San Fran's backups, San Fran team. But big I mean, dick Nick Mullins. Yeah, I mean. Kittle and uh, back tonight. I think Debo's back tonight. They said uh, but it's just... the full list of 49ers in, in, uh, inactives are Jimmy Garoppolo, Raheem Mostert, Emmanuel Mosley, Dre Greenlaw, Akella Witherspoon, Tom Compton, and Daniel Helm. So yes, uh, they are both back, which is going to be a big boost to the Niners. Right. And then uh, four of the Eagles' top five receivers are out. So. That, that, that's not going to go well for them. Why did Goff look better playing in Buffalo across country in a game where they're behind for the fir- full first half than he did playing at home in L.A. against the terrible Giants team? I think it's because the Giants are... The Giants are built defensively like a team from the 1950s <laughs> where they 
are just if you have like a somewhat traditional style running game you're not going to be able to to run the ball on them uh just by schematics and the way they in the way they play and that's kind of kind of what the bread and butter of the rams is and as we've seen if the running game and the protection isn't there jared goff can can struggle so i think that might be what it is other than that i think it's just one of those weird like off games the rams were still in their heads about blowing it uh against the bills you know kind of one of those like oh we played bad because we're not focused but i mean you know they they pulled it together at the end got that big play to cooper cup Mm -hmm. so uh my first thing that i wanted to bring up was something that actually nfl research tweeted this out and i favorited it because i wanted to one i did i wanted to get this right uh so we're through four weeks uh, and the 2020 Detroit Lions have joined the 2011 Vikings as the only team in NFL history to lose three of their first four games after holding a double-digit lead. Oof. I have a similar tweet here saved from ESPN Stats and Info. The Lions have now lost six consecutive games in which they led by 10-plus points. <laughs> the longest streak in NFL history. My God! Oh, man. What a, oh. Your defensive-minded oh. head coach, you know, you, you let you keep those leads with the high-tier now, defense. Now, here's the, impor- here's the important thing about these double-digit leads. The Falcons can join the Vikings and Lions tomorrow night. And they probably will. And they, they probably will. It's, so I, I can't see any other outcome for them, honestly. Yeah. Uh, next thing I wanted to say was, and, and I probably should have said this earlier when we were talking about the NFC East. The Dallas Cowboys might have the worst defense in the history of the NFL. Like, that is... I feel like every year, like, I'm... I'm I'm going to, like, hold off on that first because I know they have some pieces, but we've seen, like, the the bar just keeps raising for that every year. I mean, like, Bengals was it a couple years ago. Uh, Chiefs had it recently until they had their big turnaround. I don't... I... But, they're, but, dude, they're so... They gave up almost 300 yards rushing. Yeah. And, like... You talk about, okay, well, what's the weakness of the Cowboys? The weakness is supposed to be their DBs, not their front seven. I mean, the fact that your DBs can't make the tackles on the second level, that's giving you a ton of extra yards. Like that, that, I don't know how long that Odell Beckham run was, but that's a huge part of that 300 yards. That's true. Um, You know, like if if your DBs can't tackle on the second level, then you're going to give up a ton of rushing yards a game. If you yeah. if like it just because if one just slips by your front seven, then they have the whole field in front of them. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my thinking of that. No, that's fair. I I, I just think that the Cowboys defense it just, I mean, it looks bad, man. Yeah, it's like not, really bad. It's we not, talked. We, we talked. We talked about Mike. Did somebody? I think one of us mentioned it before the season started. Like Mike Nolan 
had not has not been a defensive coordinator in like a decade. And then random and, and the last time he was a defensive coordinator, it was for the Atlanta Falcons, and they were the worst ranked defense in the NFL. And now you're coordinating a Cowboys team that had a quarterback go 41 of 58 for 500 yards and four touchdowns, and you lost. Yeah. I mean, isn't the isn't quarterbacks that throw for 500 yards in the losing end of the spectrum? Well, if you exclude all of the times Philip Rivers has done it, yeah, I think I think they might be in the positives because Philip Rivers, I feel like, has done that like three or four times, like by himself. Let's think. This is this is what the this is what Dak Prescott is going to be doomed to do the entire season. Mm-hmm. The. The Cowboys defense is just going to give up massive points, and like Dak's going to have to just sling the ball from behind, trying to catch a lead. Yeah, the whole fucking game, every game. Um, I, I guess another an, another like quick takeaway. Okay, so I have, okay, uh, go ahead. Before go ahead. we move on from here, I have the list up. There's okay. 24 quarterbacks that have thrown for over 500 yards, and they are uh, 13 and 11 from what it looks like. Oh. Uh, Still so possible. It's, about, it's pretty much half and half. Yeah, but it's so. Well, so Anytime says Philip Rivers thrown for five hundred yards and lost. Probably. I enough. see. I Three, see four. one the the Green Bay game from twenty fifteen. I think he's had a lot of uh, four hundred yard games. Uh, uh, okay. Him on uh, five hundred yard list once. Okay. Also, like Odell had a hell of a game. Finally, fi- also, think finally finding some good. kind of groove. The Browns are good. I see a lot of the... Hi, uh, Hi. The Browns are good now. I see uh, a lot of people are on the fire McCarthy train already. <laughs> of course they are. Now, here's the thing. when um, uh, What's their linebacker? Their one linebacker's name? Van Der Esch. Yeah, when Van Der Esch comes back, they're going to be fine. It's like the Cowboys of eight years ago when Sean Lee played, their defense was good. When he was hurt, they sucked. So, like, when Van Der Esch comes back, they'll be fine. There's only one coach that needs fired after today, and that's Bill O'Brien. Oh, my God. (laughs) If we're on Bill O'Brien now, I have a a tweet from Phil Yates here, at Phil Yates on Twitter. The Houston Texans are spending $255 million in cash on their roster this season more than any other team in the NFL. They owe their first and second round picks in 2021 to the Dolphins, and they are currently 0-4. Oof. $255 million to a roster that's got you 0-4. Because they... Who did they pay? Most of it went into Deshaun Watson's pocket. Deshaun... Okay, well, they're paying Deshaun Watson. They're paying... Randall Cobb, they're paying, uh, Brandon Cook's contract, Brandon Cook's contract. They're paying David Johnson. They're paying. I'm, I think they might still be paying a little bit of Hopkins contract. I'm not sure. They have a gas mask left. Tunsil. 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 Now. Okay. Well, here's the thing about contract. Here's the thing about the Vikings. So, or not the Vikings, the Texans. So, the Texans, when the schedule came out, we were like, wow, this is without a doubt. Just a moment, boy. 
is. You, you guys keep going. I take a phone call. Uh, oh no, you're fine. Like they opened this opening month of the season, right? Like everybody was pretty agreed. Everyone agreed with that, right? Mm. Like you had to play Kansas City and Baltimore, the two favorites in the AFC. You had to play Pittsburgh, who we knew was going to be better, who was going to have a great defense. Plus, it was on the road in Pittsburgh. And like Minnesota has been like a shocking 0-3. Like a lot of people thought that they were at least going to win a couple games. Like the fact that they didn't beat Tennessee the way that game went was shocking. And the only game they really got boat raced out of was the Colts game. Mm-hmm. So for the most part, Minnesota's been at least competitive. So those games are like, okay, yeah, we probably expected Houston to maybe go one and three, maybe two and two to start the season. And you'd think like, okay, well, maybe it gets easier. And it kind of does because next week they play Jacksonville. But then after that, they have, well, we'll see if, if this happens, but they have to play at Tennessee. Then they play Green Bay. Then two weeks after that, they play Cleveland. Then after that, they play New England. They still have to play Indy twice. Like this, you know who's, you know who's loving this Texans debacle the most? Me. Well, besides you, who? Pat Mahomes. The Miami Dolphins. <laughs> the Dolphins own the Texans' first and second round picks. Oh, they do. They do. <laughs> oh man. Oh God. Can we? Oh, that was the Matt. That was a perfect segue because that was going to be what I wanted to talk about next. Two, two, two teams that I think, you know, that old expression of like your, your record isn't what your record isn't what like you are, you are what you record, you are what your record is. Uh huh. And that's kind of not true in a sense. It could be misleading. The Dolphins are one in three. They could easily, and I'm talking easily be three and one like they led in the fourth quarter numerous times against the bills they they had a halftime like what did they have a, a, a six point deficit took the lead in the fourth quarter against the seahawks mm-hmm. like this team is not as bad as their records going to say they are and then another team that I think is not as good as their record says. Well, clear. I was going to say the Bears, but Bears it's clearly, clear now. Clearly. That, yeah, clearly the Bears. Look, man, I know after two weeks we were we were throwing him in with the like the MVP candidates. The Cardinals have laid two massive stinkers. Yeah, yes, it's, they it's not have been good. in back to back weeks like they have been really bad you, for two straight weeks. You guys were the ones that were sold on him. I was. Um, um, I, I'm still sold I, on him. I like Kyler Murray a lot. Sold on the Cardinals. I'm never. still sold on him. I like him a lot. I, 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 it sucks that he's had two stinky weeks. I still so think like, they'll make the playoffs. I, yeah. I, I fully I, believe that. I, I, I don't know. Though. I will say this game could potentially put that in danger because the Panthers have been like sneaky as in, as I said, they would be like yeah. at the beginning of the season, like they're uh, going to, the Panthers are better without Christian McCaffrey. I said it and I stand by it. They have, he's hurt. They're two and oh, Panthers have a really 
potent offense that a lot of that's going to keep a lot of defensive coordinators up at night. Not only well, are, they, not exactly. are they good, but it's a it's the offensive coordinators new quarterbacks new. Uh, Robbie Anderson, you know, it's just trying to figure out this new offense, you know, that's running at I Motors. It's a job to like figure out how to stop them, and nobody's done it yet. I agree. I can see that. I, I, I just don't think they're dynamic enough. This like with a first year basically everything and how bad their defense is right. that they're going to be able to keep up with it. Like they're going to lose to the really good teams. They play like they're mm-hmm. going to lose to Tampa. They're going to lose to the saints. This, I don't know. This, this is looking like one of those Drew Brees, Sean Payton, seven and nine years where their offense is just firing on all cylinders, but it's, they, their defense just can't keep up. You think so? You think the Saints' defense has taken a step back? No, I, I mean I'm talking about Carolina still. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about the Saints. One of those, those years, you know, that the, because that was, you know, that's who their offensive coordinator is. That's they have so many ties to the Saints, you know, and that's right. what it's reminding me of. Uh. uh I don't know. Saints scored 35 unanswered. <laughs> Dude, the, <laughs> beat the Lions. Um, they still gave up two big defensive pass interference penalties because that's just who we are, I guess. Um, you know, Trey Con Smith had a great game uh, filling in for Michael Thomas. Emmanuel Sanders, you know, finally looks like he's clicking in the offense. Uh, Kamara did his post game interview without a shirt on. That was entertaining. It was like <laughs> uh, it was like shirtless uh, Jr. After the Cavs won the finals that year, just like he went three straight months without wearing a shirt. It seemed like. Uh, I love Kamara. I just wish that they would give him the ball more in inside the five rather than Latavius Murray. I mean, he's Kamara still gets his goal line runs in. Yeah, he does. Just uh, not as many. They, they usually when usually when that happens, they have Kamara still out on there too, and they use him as a decoy. Yeah, lots yeah. for easy touchdowns. It'll be easier once Michael Thomas is back out there because you have to at least account for two people. Right. And, um, speaking on Saints and goal line situations, Saints let up a touchdown to the. Uh, block and go tight end on the goal line for the third straight week. It's just a free touchdown against them, apparently. Like, huh. if you're on the goal line, just have your tight end engage for 0.2 seconds and then run out into a flat, and then you're good. Run out, running out, and you're it's a touchdown. You you heard it here first. That's any any offensive coordinators that are listening. <laughs> free touchdown. Free That's a free touchdown. touchdown. Free touchdown against the Saints. Um, I mean, and you're almost guaranteed one at goal line because our defensive backs are going to give you plenty of defensive pass interferences. So, I, I don't, who, who do they play next week? Who do they play? 
<laughs> I, I want to look. I want to look up who the blocking tight end is for whoever plays the Saints next week. Because that'll be a fun. Oh, it's the Chargers. Oh yeah, so Hunter Henry. <laughs> Hunter Henry's going to get a leak out touchdown pass. If if the over under on his touchdown is point five, you bet the over. Oh, I didn't realize this. So the Saints are two and two. Yeah, they have scored one hundred and twenty three points, and they have allowed one hundred and twenty three points. Well, very well, interesting. Well, statistically. That statistically, you are 500. <laughs> you are 8-8. Eight eight. Uh, through, I don't know how it ended, but I know through the first half of the game, Drew Brees was averaging over 10 air yards per attempt. So, fuck y'all. Hey. Hey, man. I never said anything. But you were thinking it. <laughs> I was, I 100% was thinking it, for sure. <laughs> Uh, Matt, do you got any? I know you came in a little late. Do you have any like hot take stuff? Um, I mean, I already spit both of them. The Browns are good, and the Panthers are better without CMC. Uh, Those are my hottest takes, probably. I I think I have one, and I know it's early, and they have a pretty nasty next five games. Uh, I. Th- this hurts. This really hurts. Let it out. We kind of talked about it in the Friday episode. God, I think Corey and I were dead wrong about the Bills, man. Like, Josh, dude, Josh Allen keeps doing this thing, like Corey said, where he has these insane, incredible plays. Like the deep shot to Diggs on first down and 10, right? When you're trying to run the clock out, they say, fuck that. I'm throwing the ball 60 yards, right? Right. And then he has the 14-yard loss on a sack. Yep. Taking him out of field goal range. Taking him out of Raiders. Yeah. In it. Taking him out of field goal range. Like, he never ceases to amaze. My favorite Josh Allen moment of the game was at the end of the game where they're trying to just get a first down to be able to run out the clock. And he falls backwards trying to hand the ball off to Singletary. <laughs> like, that's easily a fumble. He just, he just gets the snap and he's instantly falling backwards. Like, it, I don't He, Our friend Genhart said it best. Josh Allen is the idiot savant. And he's just, he's had like, you have those sitcom like episodes where the, the guy that you like is supposed to be the dumb guy is just like super smart for the episode. Like in sunny in Philadelphia, you had the Charlie work episode where Charlie is like this Nobody can get anything done without Charlie because Charlie does all these things, like little things behind the scene. And then the other sunny episode where every all the scientists are like studying Charlie because for one reason or another because of his brain. But then it's the same thing with the Bills. Like they can't do anything without Josh Allen. And he's just showing up for them week after week. And it's looking like Seattle with Russell Wilson. Like there was years where 
Seattle looks like they couldn't do anything without outside of Russell Wilson, and he just gets it done for you, like on a consistent basis. Can I'll, I'll take the hot take one step further. If we, if you sat me down and you said we're putting the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, just you're putting them in there, whatever first seed set, whatever they're in the AFC Championship game. Pick a team in the AFC that has a fighting chance. I mean, I guess we'll find out when they play the Bills in a couple weeks. I know. Like, I, I look at look at the AFC right now and tell me that this isn't the only team that has a fighting chance solely because Josh Allen can just pull things from from just who knows where, wherever he's getting it from. He's a wild card you can't account for. Right. It's it's just he can do things like exactly how, what we thought Lamar Jackson was going to do against Kansas City and he consistently doesn't do. This has been the, this is honestly since Josh Allen got drafted and since like last year when he really kind of started to improve. The Mahomes Josh Allen matchup was the quarterback matchup that I was like, I have no clue what's going to happen in this game. Because I feel like it's just going to get to a point where Mahomes and Allen are just going to start trading haymakers. Hmm. Honestly, like, I feel like it's going to get to a point where you're just going to get just bombs thrown from both guys. Like, there's just going to be like a, a like a it's going to be like those moments in like a basketball game where like the, like you'll see like LeBron and another person. They just kind of nod to each other and they're like, OK, yeah, we're going to go back and forth for like three or four series against each other. I feel like that's going to happen with Mahomes and Allen. Because I think they both kind of acknowledge that as far as arm talent goes and just arm strength goes, they're the top two guys in the NFL. And I think that there's just this consensus of like, okay, like this guy could go, this guy could go throw for throw for me with me. Now, Allen is way more mistake prone, like infinitely more mistake prone. But I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I look at the AFC. I am not confident in any team's chance, possibly other than them, solely because I think Josh Allen can make the type of plays that you're going to need to make in order to beat the Chiefs. Just these crazy, out of nowhere, low percentage plays. And that's going to be what it takes to beat them. Especially, like we- yeah. We said it the other day, like you have know. to almost get lucky to beat the Chiefs, and it's just looking like the Bills just have the ace up their sleeves, and it's like they have an infinite amount of those aces up their sleeves with Josh Allen. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. I have no clue, but I, oh, I, I just, I, I am so insanely impressed <laughs> with how he how he continues to play he'll, like you like Corey said last week, he'll have like those one or two plays a game where he does something so insanely stupid like so stupid like something you would put in a in a film reel to show quarterbacks in high school right as to don't do this 
ever. Right? But right, then but he makes it work somehow. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. I don't know what's happening. So um anything I'm trying to think of like other stuff that happened today that Oh, how about Tom Brady throwing five touchdowns after throwing a pick six? <laughs> How about that? Flashbacks to that Titans game and just said, not again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, both those quarterbacks, like, if you combined Tom Brady's second half of the game with Justin Herbert's first half of the game, you're not going to beat that quarterback. No. No, I guess not. It's just funny how, it, like, in the first half, all of a sudden, you see it right away. Tom Brady wash, Tom Brady wash. And then Tom Brady in the second half, a perfect passer rating, 14 of 15 for 200 some yards and all them touchdowns. Like, you quick way to shut up the haters right away. Five different players, by the way. Mm-hmm. So, that's even more impressive. Um... What are our, I don't know if you guys did this last week, but uh, since there's more games to talk about, did you guys want to like talk briefly about some of these Monday night games? Like what we expect, especially now that we have two of them. I mean, the Chiefs are going to raffle stomp Jeremy Stidham. I think we're going to have two stomps. We're going to have the Chiefs stomping the Pats and the Packers stomping the Falcons. It's going to be Brian Hoyer, not Stidham. Oh, it's going to be Brian Hoyer, they announced that? Yeah. I was... That Mahomes would just stop Brian Hoyer. I was looking at... I was thinking about some of these lines that happen. I just want to know, like... Who picks these lines? Because some of these were, like, amazing. Like, the line for uh, Ravens at Redskins was 14. They won by 14. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Fucking going back to the Chargers game. I had I told you guys Chargers could cover in a close game. The line was at seven and they lost by seven. There's there's a couple of them. They lost by seven after leading the entire game. I, I know. But you also have games like the Rams who were favored by 14 and won by eight. Right. So it's not like they bat like they bat 500 almost all yeah, year they long. Bat 500, but when they when they hit, they're like home runs. Yeah. Like the car, <laughs> the Cardinals minus three and a half. They lost by 10. I, I didn't like. That. Yeah, I don't know. I, I there there are there are really impressive ones. That like wow, like they hit that dead on. But then there's other ones that like the Browns, the Browns were plus five, right? And at one point they led by twenty eight. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of one of those things where I mean, Saints getting three and a half, they won by six. What six? Yeah, twenty nine to thirty five. So that yeah. was pretty close. Yeah. I think uh, Pat McAfee has that theory that the people that make the lines in Vegas are time travelers. <laughs> Similarly to the guy that uh, writes for the or runs the Simpsons, right? He's just he's a time traveler. Mm. So, but no, I I think this week was very. I don't want to say like a, a lot of the games on paper weren't 
good games. Like everyone expected the Seahawks to win. Everyone expected the Buccaneers to win. Everyone expected the Ravens to win. Everyone expected the Rams to win. Most people thought the Bills would beat the Raiders. But then there was a lot of games like Jaguars Bengals, which, by the way, was actually like a pretty decent game (laughs) for both quarterback. Mm -hmm. That ended up being like a really good game. Obviously, the Browns Cowboys game was crazy. Um, I can't get over stuff that usually happens against the Browns happened for them. Like that crazy, you know, blocked extra point turning into two points. That's like the usually we would be saying that's the most Browns thing to happen to the Browns ever, but actually it happened to the Cowboys. I can't get over that. The Cowboys blocked an extra point and the Browns scored two points on it. Yes. yes, they couldn't get a hold of it. Just bounce right to the, the Browns loving embrace. <laughs> that like, is, those, listen, if the Dallas defender doesn't touch the ball first, that's a dead ball, and it's not a two-point conversion. But the fact that right. he touches it and it bounces off of him. Yeah, he was trying to scoop and score two points for them, but he just right. missed it. Joe Burrow uh, tweeted an hour ago, it's fun to win. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh yeah but i mean yeah burrow hasn't won a game since the national championship game for lsu mm-hmm. so it probably felt nice to win yeah, oh so how about jags but yeah wins uh, win. how about for a split uh well at least after the one o'clock games uh for a brief moment i cracked the top seven thousand people in pigskin pick'em Really? Yeah, for a brief moment. And then I went one and two in the four o'clock hour. And now I'm back down. I'm now back down into the eight thousands. Oh, nice. So I'm a little upset. I have who do I have the rest of the game? I I have Philadelphia plus six and a half. uh, Which is probably a mistake. Uh, But then I have the Chiefs minus six and a half after the Cam Newton covid thing and i have right now this is this is probably going to be changed but right now i have atlanta getting seven and a half simply because i feel like atlanta is gonna have a lead and then blow it and plus i really want to know like who's healthy in this game because there's a chance Devonte adams doesn't play and if Devonte adams doesn't play the only like healthy starting wide receiver for green bay is going to be mvs and I know it's Atlanta, but that's a big deal. Like to have to have your top two receiving threats down is especially with how well they've all gelled together. I think that's going to be a big deal for the Packers. So as of right now, I'm sticking with the Falcons. But um, ESPN has the uh, Patriots Chiefs game up to a 11 point line. Which is crazy. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, Cam Newton's out now. So the the cool thing, the crazy thing about the pigskin pick'em app is that the the number doesn't change. So it stayed at six and a half because it opened at six and a half. So now everyone's just going to stay on it because like, okay, well, Cam Newton's not playing. So it's kind of scary, though. We already saw what happened to the Chiefs once when they had to play against a quarterback they didn't prepare for. You know that that is yeah. I I, I was gonna say like yeah, but it's 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 Brian Hoyer. There's a big difference between Brian Hoyer 
Wait, wait, they're playing Justin Hoyer, Herbert. not Stitham? Yeah, they're playing Hoyer. Yeah, I told uh, you that. Oh, I didn't hear that. I wasn't paying attention at that moment. I'm sorry. They're, 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 play, they're, they're playing Hoyer. Okay, never mind. They're going to stomp him. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. I think that this um, money line for the Patriots, if you pick them to win, is plus 475. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty that's that's quite a big number. Like we're not I'm not gonna not gonna lie, that's a big number. Hey, Kittle just caught a pass. We're, by the way, we're recording this during the Sunday night game. So I gotta turn that on. I just had NFL network on. I uh my big money fantasy quarterback threw a touchdown for the first time today. For the first time in two weeks. Who's your big money quarterback? It, this week it was Jared Goff. I had uh, I went from Carson Wentz, who did not do great week one, and continues not to do great. Um, so I switched to Minshew, who had a decent week two. Then I stuck with Minshew for week three. It did not go well, and so I switched to Jared Goff, who only got me fourteen points this week. It's okay in the league that I'm in, where I haven't lost in over a calendar year. I was up against Joe Mixon. Nice. Who up until this point, I believe has scored less than 20 fantasy points in three weeks. Yeah, everything that I was reading and listening to over the course of the week, we're like, well, Joe Mixon's a bust again. And what's he do? He goes out and scores 40 points and that'll probably be his, and he'll probably score like 40 points for the rest of the season. But like, he got to prove them wrong for one week. Yeah. That's, uh, in my 14-point Jared Goff league, Matt's dad scored 42 points on me with Joe Mixon. So I, Yeah, I was talking to my dad about that. Like uh, Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf come down for a week, but then Joe Mixon like steps up. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I, I was I like, take, Dad, you're fucking blessed. I had to take Edelman out because I wasn't sure what's going to happen with tomorrow night. Uh, so I put in Traquan Smith, which worked out. But I still had to play Hunter Henry and Mike Gusecki, who combined for less than 10 points. My biggest hurt this week was starting Michael Gallup over Terry McLaurin because McLaurin went into the game questionable. Yeah. I was like, well, he's kind of injured. I don't know how much they're going to use him. And Gallup's been trending well. Dak Prescott throws for 500 yards. Michael Gallup has two catches. (laughs) Like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? 500 yards with 41 completions and two of them are gallops. And only two of them are gallops. Like, I'm so fucked. I'm not technically out of it in big money. I'm down by like 90 points, 98. No. Yeah, I'm down by like 98 points or something like that. But I got Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Clyde Edwards, Elaire, and Harrison Butker to play. So, yeah. like, if, if Matt Ryan throws, like, two touchdowns to Julio Jones somehow, your boy is back in it. I have Aaron Jones left down 25 po- or no, 35 points, right? Yeah, 35 points, and he has Travis Kelsey and Mason Crosby left. So I would need Aaron Jones to score 35 plus, what, at least another 20? 
I have the I follow this account on Twitter called Computer Cowboy. And it's just like a, a verified account that has like it's just like a statistics website. Mm-hmm. And they make like cool little graphs for certain NFL, you know, statistics and stuff. And they're the one that they post the most is NFL tier uh, team tiers by EPA. So they basically have it the the y axis the higher up you are the better you are on defense epa per play and the more to the right you are on the x axis that's like your offensive epa the colts defense is literally at the very very top in on defense like it, i don't think they can go any higher which is i don't know like deforest buckner and first of all, has made an incredible difference. And I know we I, I roasted Xavier Rhodes all offseason because he's been so bad for the last two years. Mm-hmm. Xavier Rhodes is playing excellent. Like excellent football. Actually, you know what? Let me check to see. Let me see what he's what he's graded right now. That's actually something that I'm I'm interested in seeing. Um Let's see. Xavier Rhodes will go to Indianapolis. This is not going to be up to date, but it's it's fine. Um, I want cornerback. Yeah, okay. Xavier Rhodes, okay? But prior to this game they just played, out of 100 uh, qualifying cornerbacks, he's number one in the NFL. What? Wait, wait, say that again? Out of but prior to this game against Chicago, because that grade hasn't been factored in yet. Okay, mm-hmm. Xavier Rhodes is the number one graded cornerback in the NFL. All right, all right, that is very impressive. You have Darius Leonard as the fifth rated linebacker. You have DeForest Buckner as the fourth rated defensive interior player. Like, uh, what happened with Darius Leonard's injury today? Um, I don't know, actually. Did he did he go out and then not come back in? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it said he was doubtful to return at some point. Because that'd be that'd be a big blow. Like he was he's the cornerstone of that defense that like started bringing everything together. Yeah. Um, let's see. See if I could find anything. I'm just looking through the game. Uh, it was a gro- all, all it says here is that it was a groin injury, and he left the game. So I don't know if there's any news yet. They, I mean, they, their game just wrapped up like less than an hour and a half ago. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. But oh, Wentz just threw an interception. Oh wow! Yeah, who would have guessed? Carson Wentz fucked up. Oh no! Well, it was a tip well, test. Uh, Darius Leonard didn't return, but Anthony Miller says, uh, or no, not Anthony Miller. Uh, he was still on the sideline, re- yelling out his assignments to the to the will linebacker, so they would they would know it. Oh my god! So he was just outwardly yelling what to do from the sideline. Yeah. 
Isn't that not a good idea? Can't, like the, can't the can't the offense just hear you? Probably. Why did they just give him a microphone to to the helmet? That's insane. Oh man. Well, week four was interesting. Very interesting. It, it for a little bit there, it didn't feel like we were going to have a week four. For like a a brief moment there. I got really upset last night when the Saints false positive came out because I was like, the season's over. Like, I got my hopes up, and now it's over. It's clear that it's very, very clear that Tennessee is the outlier here. I want to know what they did. I want to know what they did. I want to know how nobody on the Vikings caught it. I want to like, I just want to know who on the Titans fucked them over. Jerry Leonard injured his groin and was ruled out. Uh, so we'll find out more about that this week. Okay. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know how Cam Newton got it and no one has it. How the basically the, the practice squad quarterback for the Chiefs can get it and no one has it. How the Titans can have 11 people with it and no one on the Vikings has it. Like, it's so the Titans had to have done something outside of protocol, absolutely positively out of protocol that I don't know if the NFL can look into it and they probably should. Like once the, the, the all clear is given for Tennessee, I would not be surprised if the NFL like goes in and is like, okay, like look at the rest of the league. No one else is having this level of this level of an issue what what happened like we need to know what you guys did forcing the league to take some sort of protocol initiative meeting tomorrow so i wonder if they're going to address anything about tennessee in that like i don't know what that entails i don't know what it's about i just saw adam schefter tweeting about it a little bit ago yeah with every uh team's head coach and general manager so what happens if they can't play against buffalo like what happens? Are they going to have to forfeit? Because you can't. You they've already moved a game into their bye week. You're I, not just going to add a week to the season to play one game. I think people were talking about them adding weeks to the season, even if it's like a Thursday night game and a playoff game gets pushed back like a few days. But that would be that would be next level. That would be pretty crazy. And I guess, well, then at that point, okay, does Buffalo get two bye weeks? Because that's not particularly fair. What do you mean, get two bye weeks? Uh, like, say Tennessee, week? yeah, say or Tennessee maybe. can't play next week. Yeah. Buffalo yeah. would just not have an opponent. No. I, I mean, they would still get that late season Thursday night game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, I guess... I guess that's true. I guess that's like the trade-off, right? You're getting an additional bye week, but you're forced to play a pseudo week 18 game on Thursday where you could potentially be playing in the playoffs. Yeah. See if the game matters or not. Well, I guess it would always matter like for playoff positioning. And then if it doesn't matter, just force the loss to Tennessee. Yeah, you would have to. I've, I've seen a lot of people like Dan Graziano on ESPN has been saying a lot about how the league's opinion is 
and this is going to sound kind of messed up, but their their stance is not on, or I, guess, I should say their priority is not on making it fair for the team that is causing the rescheduling, if that makes sense. Right. Like, if you screw up and you break protocol and we have to adjust your schedule because of it, we're going to do it. And if that puts you, if that, like, kind of inadvertently puts you into the the crosshairs of other teams because you're screwing things up, we don't care. Like, don't break protocol. Don't cause us to have to reschedule games. And I think that is potentially what this meeting tomorrow is going to be about for the... Uh, for for the GMs and for the coaches, so they're, they're just going to reiterate that point. They're like, "Hey, if we have to keep moving these games around, we're going to do it." And I was fully expecting the NFL to just be like, "All right, we're skipping week four. Everybody's off. <laughs> Everybody gets the week off. We're just moving the season back a week." I know uh, they have plans to be able to do that because they're ready to push the like the Super Bowl back and everything. So I just. I, I, guess do it just depends. I guess it depends on how many teams would like end up having that issue. Like, if there, really if there are, like multiple players on multiple teams. Week. I really wouldn't have minded a buffer week in the middle of the season to give every team two buys and an extra week onto the regular season if it meant, you know, being able to properly schedule out infections and shit. Mm-hmm. Right. I did so, see the one I did see the one tweet from Jeff Schwartz who was like you guys are get, he basically was like, remember in the first week of baseball when Miami and the Cardinals had outbreaks? He's like, we're in the divisional round of the baseball playoffs right now. Like, everybody calm down. This is, we were not going to get through a season without an outbreak. It just wasn't going to happen. Which I did. But, but like with football, there's a lot more personnel oh. involved. And Oh, yeah. And each game matters more than it does in baseball. Like baseball was able to slash half their season and be like, yeah, we'll just play 50 games, guys. You can't do that in the NFL. You also play can't play double games. headers. Mm-hmm. Like they could, they could just play two games in a day for baseball. But I guess the point of what I was saying was just that let's, let's not – it seems like th- that the the whatever is happening to Tennessee is a very unique outlier situation. And like virtually every team has had someone put on the COVID reserve list. It's just we haven't had this level of positives come through with one team yet. So I think I think whatever the league decides to do tomorrow, it could potentially oh, Corey streaming again. And stream the game in case you guys aren't watching it or aren't able to watch it. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah, anybody? I mean, I think we. I think we, we covered, covered all our bases. Yeah. Yeah. Does anybody else have anything they want to say? Or because this was. Did, uh, yeah. did we have any. Do you guys. I know me and Kuiper talked about a few tweets that we saw. Did you guys have any tweets that you uh, flagged? Yeah. I mean, no. I, I think I brought up a couple that I want to talk about. There was a really funny one was Mina Kimes uh, yelling at NFL memes for stealing her meme, and that was really good. Uh, yeah. Here we go. Derek Carr and Josh Allen live on opposite ends of the YOLO spectrum. <laughs> one live, yeah, one live. One, one hashtag fat pod takes. 
uh, from five days ago from Twitter user uh, Corey on the web. Uh, it's I think it's a really good one. Uh, even Mahomes' incompletions are completions. It was to reference to the uh, one throw that he was throwing out of bounds that one of the uh, KC re- uh, receivers caught. Mm-hmm. What was that uh, hashtag that Corey on the web used? Uh, fad pod takes. Ah. Fad pod takes. So start using those, and we'll start reading them at the end of our reaction episode. Fad pod takes. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to uh, pull up that hashtag every time yeah. I go on Twitter and see who's using it. Yeah, yeah. And if I don't see at least 300 people using it, I'm gonna be upset. Yep. You already be upset on Wednesday. All right. <laughs> Damn, dude. We'll be back on Wednesday to go through uh, the big news stories. We'll yep. see y'all then. Talk about the Monday night games. If if there's something to talk about. Yeah, the Eagles are gonna get fucked. (laughs) Talk about fan we could make Wednesday fantasy Wednesday too. I think we talk about that. Usually, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about fantasy. We usually uh, we got enough headlines usually to go over that. It's pretty good. You should talk to your brother about seeing if he wants a spot on Fantasy Wednesday, Kuiper. Yeah. If he's if he's not too busy, I know he's well he he's not having that great of a season. (laughs) But So we'll see if he wants to come in and talk, but uh, I only know the I only know the one team in the league that we're in, and he is not doing great. I beat him by I want to say like fifty or sixty last week. Maybe we could be brothers in misery, and I can complain about my league team and be sad about my league team, and he can complain about his team. All right, we'll see. We'll see if he we'll see if he wants to come in. Okay, boys. That'll goodbye. I love you. Bye, Patreon. Bye. Bye, everybody. Patreon, give us the money and stuff. The Patreon. Browns are good. F-A-D-P-O-D. Yeah. Anyway, Browns I love you. Good. Uh, Panthers are better without Christian McCaffrey. You're just going to insert that take whenever you can. Huh? I really am. They're 2-0 and without Christian McCaffrey, okay? Keep inserting it. Kyber won't say I don't, so just stop the recording. I don't!